what's up gamers? Welcome to the episode. We got a really fun one for you today. And I'm just dropping in to remind you as we always do in these little pre-show bumpers that you should go to patreon.com slash late night if you want to see the video version of this episode and join at any tier. Not only will you be able to see this video episode, and it's important that you see the video episode because let me tell you, there is a hot dog. I refuse to elaborate. You just need to go see it with your own little peepers. Anyway, not only can you see the hot dog, you can also see our other video episodes, all of them, that don't have hot dogs, so are not as cool. And one last very special thing, there is a shirt that is available for pre-order now based off of a joke that happens in this episode, and I'll call it out when it happens, but if you want to go check that shirt out and get it, because it's a very cool and very sexy shirt, go to merch.latenight.com. Get it. All right, time for me to shut up. I love you. Enjoy the episode. Here it is. Oh my God, it's coming. You're about to hear it. You're almost about to hear it. You're so close. Oh my God, here it is. We have never done this on the show before. Literally before we do anything else, I want you guys to introduce yourselves because this is an unprecedented number of guests. Sweet. <laughs> First of all, everybody, this is Psycho Stick uh, or most of Psycho Stick. Can you guys just go down the line here and say your names and what you do in the band? And I promise this is going to be as professional as it gets. It's only downhill from here. Okay, good. Cause as long as your bar is real low, then we're going to be real comfortable. Uh, hi, I'm Rob. I'm the vocalist. I'm Alex. I play drums. I'm Josh. I play guitar. And our bass player, Maddie, is not here because there was a scheduling conflict, but he says hello to everyone. Now, what did he say he wanted us to make up for him? Uh, was was wrong? Like he's oh, yeah. a burning building. He's rescuing something or he's other. He's rescuing and, someone. Oh, baby seals, I think. Yeah, there's some burning kittens. That he's rescuing, yes. And there's one other person there. Other person, can you introduce yourself to? Hey, uh, I'm Murph. <laughs> uh, I'm a hot dog most of the time, but I also do like the music videos and uh, I go on the social media sites and talk shit, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I do that too. We try to like kind of pretend that the hot dog isn't there, but just think of it as background noise when the hot dog appears. I will continue to remind you. When you ignore him, he does not go away. <laughs> I mean, the downside to that is I don't care about the rest of the band, and I just want to talk to a hot dog. Thank you. Finally, somebody gets it. For people who are not listening or watching the Patreon video version of this episode, we are, in fact, speaking about an actual hot dog that manifests itself. I mean, look, you have the opportunity to talk to musicians, but then you have the opportunity to talk to a real-life hot dog. And and I have to talk to a musician every time we record yeah. the show, so. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's old news. <laughs> I am so sorry. Good. <laughs> I'm glad you guys have the right attitude. Oh, we should introduce the show, too. We did this the other way around. F I fucked it up. That's fine. Uh, everybody, this is Late Night with Brian Wecht. Over here, we have Layton Gray. Hi, that's me, the one who just spoke. That was Brian Wecht. And we already introduced no. the mystery guests. So there we go. Yes. Mystery guests, tell us about who you are and what you do. We've established that you are psychostick. What is psychostick? We try to make comedy music. Sometimes it works. We like to make it heavy and aggressive and stupid. And we've been doing it for longer than I'd like to think about. I mean, it's like, in some sense, more than 20 years for you guys, right? Yes. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we we just hit with Ninja Sex Party. We just hit thirteen years. Nice. Ooh, yeah. Well, I don't know how you guys felt, but when we started, we were like, if this fucker lasts two years, it's going to be an achievement. <laughs> and then, and then here we are, thirteen years later, and it's like, oh damn, I guess we're still doing it. The band puberty. Yeah. Like, when did we realize like our band would be old enough to drink? Yeah, yeah, we're about there. <laughs> I don't know if we're actually going to do this, but we kind of want to have a bar mitzvah for the band this year. <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh. A band mitzvah, right? Yeah. Band That's mitzvah. The Usually there's celebrations for certain milestones. Like you put out an album 20 years ago, but for us, apparently it's just like, yeah, we started this 22 years ago. Same. We started two years before our first album came out. So you guys started like, I mean, way pre-YouTube, right? Yes. So you were like a real band or whatever. I remember worrying about bandwidth for people downloading videos. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was a big issue. Like when YouTube hit, I remember embedding the video on our, on our website going, now you can watch our video through the magic of YouTube. And that was <laughs> verbatim what I put on there because it was so yeah, amazing. Yeah. Well, it was the beer song that initially got us on the map, and Rob did that like silly flash cartoon for it, and like went viral. And it was like that's before like people even said the word viral. It's like this thing is becoming really downloaded a lot, and and emailed and forwarded to people a lot. Yeah, yeah, that was like kind of in the heyday or right near of flash animation mm -hmm. too, right? Newgrounds and e bombs, strong world. bad yep. e bombs world. Yeah, all during that yep. era, and it was so strange because we initially made that video to promote our CD release party, which did pretty good, but uh -huh. then it took on a life of its own but, afterwards. But it was like two years later. It's like we made this yeah. video, and it's just like this slow burn, <laughs> and all of a sudden, like one day, it's like, hey, I heard you guys are on the radio. We're like, what? No, you didn't. Stop lying to us. <laughs> Seriously, they didn't even believe it for the longest time. And all of us, we were just confused. Like, why that song? That's like, we took 10 minutes writing that song. Like, all the ones that take all the, the actual effort and time and everything. And, like and musicianship. Yeah. Yeah, nobody cares about those. Oh, no, that's always the way, right? Do you have this, too, where you have these stupid song ideas that have been kicking around for 10 years, and finally you're like, well, I guess we'll do that one on this album. So in some sense, you've spent, you know, 10, 12 years writing a song and nobody cares. And then the song you shit out in 45 seconds and just slap down is like, oh yeah, this is the hit. And it's like, what the, f what? Yeah. Yeah, the lesson is never try. <laughs> yeah, the more you care about something, the worse it's gonna be. True. Yeah. We call it that, that really, that one effect. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. We find this especially like merch. Like we'll have these merch ideas where we're like, oh, this will be awesome. And then nobody gives a single shit. But then we put out like a metal like flagon that like blew up. And we were like, what? What? Dude. This was this was a market? Okay. Like, we got to tell you about the tubes, man. Tell All us right? about the tubes. Oh, this is the ultimate what the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear uh, we're looking at tubes right now behind the screen, by yet. the way, because that's this is tube week. Tell them about tube week. Right? All right. So I want to hear about tube week. Tube week started. And Murph, definitely feel free to interject as needed. It was my idea. I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up ordering a bunch of poster tubes for some reason uh, to ship posters mm -hmm. probably and we ended up with a bunch of extras and we had a pile of them like I don't know like a hundred or so sitting in our garage We're like what are we going to do with these tubes so we on April Fool's Day we put out Psycho Stick the Tube as a joke and they sold uh -huh. out Almost immediately. Oh, my God. Wait, wait. So did you do anything to them? Or they were just the tubes? They were filled with just random stuff. Like 
ketchup packets and and just crap we find in the junk drawers. Just stuff that's in like you know your kitchen drawer. Yeah, and he uh-huh. had like there was like old ad mat posters, like just stuff that we didn't know what to do with. Right, it was like a spring Random cleaning. Shit. Yeah, but I, the funniest thing I think about that is that we did the whole thing to get rid of a hundred tubes that we had no use for, but we sold like. 200 tubes, so we had to order more of the tubes (laughs) that we didn't want to have in the first place. And what year are we on now, Murph? I think this is year eight. (laughs) Yeah. And it's been bigger every year. Every April Fool's, we put out a new version of the tube, and it's either a different color or a different shape. Now you have people collecting them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. They cost $50 now, but they come with a lot. They come with a shirt and like cool stuff now. We're no longer a band. We're like a tube company that plays music sometimes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I think often about what Ninja Sex Party does is like most of the the physical music we sell is because we sign it. And so we're kind of more of a signature company than a music <laughs> company. Like most of what I produce is just by signing it. Like you spend all this fucking time writing these songs, but it's so hard to make money just from music right. now yeah. that the way you can do it is by, you know, incentivizing people to buy it. So yeah, Danny and I, sign shit. And it's like, well, you know, I didn't realize my life as a musician would be financially driven by just signing shit. We just finished signing 1,500 posters for our new CD. Yeah, 1,500. 1,500. I'm like, well, this is a good problem. This is a problem you want to have, but it's just a weird problem. The proper phrase is high quality problem. Yes. Champagne problems. Yes. Champagne problems. That's right. First band problems. That's when you like really start seeing the ends of Sharpies. Like if you've never gotten to the end of multiple Sharpies before, that is when it is going to happen. I have capital O opinions on markers now (laughs) in a way I never thought I would. Standard Sharpies kind of suck. So you got to get these these gourmet permanent markers like the ones that we were using. Awesome. True or something. TRU. Those are nice. This thing is signing like butter. Mm. My recommendation is Bic Intensity <laughs> markers. Okay. Oh, that sounds like a fragrance. <laughs> yeah, no, doesn't it? I mean, it is. Based, it's a lifestyle is what it is. <laughs> so we would do, you know, these album covers that were kind of, they were too dark to be signed with just black marker. So you have to do like the metallic one. And then we would get these like fucking tubes of like 30, 40 silver Sharpies. And I swear to God, like 95% of them would just not work, would just yes. be dry. And it's like, I spent 50 bucks on fucking markers for none of them to work. And there's nothing I can do about it. So after a <laughs> oh while, God. I just gave up on Sharpies. We just started trying every, we went to art stores. We went like, <laughs> we started, you know, like taste testing these markers where it's like the finish on this one is good, but this one dries faster. And eventually it was big intensity. I realize there's this point you reach when you realize that like everything is not designed for the thing that you think it is. Like, for example, casters on guitar cabinets. They suck. They really, really <laughs> suck. And when you go on tour, you realize you spent like you have this $2,000 cab and the casters are bullshit. Well, you know where we have to get our casters on to survive the road is like a tractor supply <laughs> store. <laughs> go to Guitar Center and like get a caster. It's like it's going to last you a week, couple weeks on the road and then it breaks like a piece of shit. Also, also. Yeah. Mic stands are all garbage. Oh, bullshit garbage. When you go to Guitar Center to buy a mic stand, they make them for kids who are just getting started, you know, and then they'll fall apart. Yeah. They anticipate that their customer will, like, let it sit there and collect dust. And it usually right. does. And not be used hard and immediately break. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you guys spend on Gorilla Tape? Because we spend a lot on Gorilla Tape. We buy it in bulk, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I have one more complaint about uh, Sharpies. I really want to... 
Get this in there. Yeah, no, this is what the fans want. They want to know, why the hell don't silver Sharpies have those little clips? So when you put them in your pocket or whatever, you can organize them what? better. Like, the black ones do. The silver ones oh do not. God. And I don't know why. And I hate the them. The silver and gold ones do not. I mean, Alex, you just broke this whole case wide open. Yeah. <laughs> it's very important. Layton is an artist, uh, like an actual uh, artist. Yeah. Talk to us about... Marker and marker choice. Yes. Like, please. I, I want advice. Help. As someone who does not have to sign things in the sort of high volume as y'all do, but does sometimes sign things, none of them are good. Markers are expensive. When you're in art school, you got to buy the fancy Copic, Posca, whatever. They're all super expensive and they're for a different application. None of them are like, you are going to sit and you are going to do this over and over until you've given yourself a repetitive stress injury. So I think oh, yeah. there's room in the market for like some sort of startup to do like, this is the marker that lasts oh forever. God. It doesn't smudge. It will show up on any color of thing that you're signing. It's not going to dry out. And it has a clip. Are we starting a marker empire right now? Is that happening live? We're doing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a transdermal like painkiller element. So as you're signing, it's like icing your wrist and this is it. Uh, replenishing yeah, the, and fluids. Look, guys, I have the name of the company. It's the word marker without the E. It's M-A-R-K-R. Right? With a period. <gasps> the kids will love it because it's misspelled. Yes, with a period. <laughs> yeah. That's right. No, no. Oh, wait, sorry. It's, it, let me rephrase it. It's M-R-K-R. No vowels. Merker. I love yeah, it. Merker. Mm. Merker. It looks like Merker. Can one of the R's be backwards? That'll be the ticker symbol when it goes public yeah, as perfect. well. Yeah, mm. perfect. No, let's make both R's backwards. Okay. <laughs> and let's make the M backwards, too. Nice. Yeah, here we go. All right. Oh, he's designing it right now. Try not to be too impressed with this. Oh, this is- I want it. <laughs> wow. I'll take 50. That's A+. plus. See if that stock call sign is available, because we're going public with this. That's a good question. Is it? Hold on. Let me look right now. M-R-K-R. <laughs> I can't I type this. reverse R's, but stock symbol. Yes. It's Marker Therapeutics, Inc. And guys, they've seen a 7.2% decrease today. They're down to 0.49. We can buy them out. A share. We're taking it over. Yes, that's what this is. Let's become the controlling shareholders and then flip it. Yeah, real quick. Register us for a shell company. You got during, it. During this podcast. And then I'll we'll, call my guy. We'll take it out. I love this. You're not supposed to say that out loud, I think. <laughs> we don't give a this fuck. is the music industry at work <laughs> this is what p diddy does 12 times a day is just start bullshit companies and then buy out other things so we're true entrepreneurs sweet you know how many web domains rob has uh yeah i'm letting some same die. I have too many <laughs> how many got 30 something like way too many domain names <laughs> i think i have something like that i bought early on buttsex.info for <laughs> Ninja Sex Party. And it's just been sitting there. And occasionally, if I have to give people like the website for the band, ninjasexparty.com is fine, whatever. But I will always send people to buttsex.info first. Does it redirect? Yeah, it redirects to our YouTube page. What yeah. you need, when people actually go to that domain, you need a, a very slow gif of one of you guys winking into the camera and then it redirects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my. Afraid, yes. You know what? Yes. That's what it should be. What's the favorite domain you got, Rob? All of the band name misspellings are my favorite ones. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Our, our band name is misspelled so much that Rob actually bought the domain names of the misspellings. And then, I, and then when they smart. go to one of them. Doesn't it shame them first? Wait, so if I wanted to try this. A try P-H-Y. Yeah, FICO stick or something like that. Yeah, just spell it horrendously. People could not spell for some reason. P 
P-H-Y-C-H-O is one of them. Josh, tell them about the album art. On the new album we have coming out, underneath the tray card, we have a collection of like all the misspellings of our names, like on flyers, on marquees, on like, nice. you know, on satellite radio even. That's great. I'm just really proud of that. That's a sign of success. There are all these classic pictures of Weird Al, too, with Yankovic spelled incorrectly, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Oh. Even worse. Psycho's a real word, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> did Hitchcock have that issue, too? Like, I want to know. No, I also have it even with spell check still, you know? Do people have problems pronouncing your band name? No. However, I will point out, in the UK, everyone spells it just fine. So what the hell? <laughs> English yeah. is their first language, Alex. First language <laughs> in both countries. <laughs> Canada, no issue. Come on, US. Just the US. Yeah. So if you go to, I'm going to just find an exa example here. Hold on, I got to scroll for a second here. Through his 30 domain names. Uh, and there's, I'm going to let some of these die. I tried to sell them and nobody wanted them, so <laughs> we're just going to let them die. Yeah, you keep paying the $8 a year or whatever for them because it's like, why the fuck not? We should auction them off. You know what? Yeah, put them in a tube. <laughs> yeah, put them in a tube. Yeah. Put them in a tube. What if you accidentally sold psychostick.com? That'd be great. Oh, yeah. No. Well, and because here's the deal. There's that old the internet is full of tubes or is made of tubes thing, right? Mm. So now you have a tube full of the internet. You flipped it. You're good at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I'm a musician. Yeah, this isn't an, a podcast episode. This is just a marketing meeting. <laughs> been we, I mean, merch. the rolling joke is like the band is like a, a rolling t-shirt company that like uses music as a loss leader. Oh, yeah. I love the term in that context. Yeah. <laughs> we make music to sell shirts. Actually, I wanted to ask you guys. So when you started out, you guys were on a label or are on a label for a while? We, we were right? on Rock Ridge Music for a long time. Um, and they were awesome because they let us do what we wanted to do. Um, mm -hmm. But we just reached this point where we're like, you know, we got this. Yeah. But they were a great label. They helped us to get on the radio and stuff like that in the uh, early days of the Psycho Stick. Good people. Really good people. Now, you mentioned that, you know, a lot of your listener base is younger, like in their 20s or whatever. They used to sell yeah. CDs, compact discs, <laughs> in stores. Like yeah, right. Best Buy. You would get in your vehicle and you would drive Dude. to a location. <laughs> I went to a concert in Wisconsin last night. I went to see the band Vane FM. So they're really aggressive. It'll probably make you cry. But all the bands, all of the local bands that opened up, every single one of them, there's like four of them, they all had tapes, cassette tapes. None of them had yeah. CDs. None of them had vinyl. Yeah. It was just all cassette tapes. I'm like, why? Ugh. What are you doing? But your question was about the younger people. What? Like, if they've seen CDs? We had our, a few of our albums in stores. That's what I was, that was my point. Is like, wow. That was still during those days. We were in Best Buy back in the day. Fuck, that rules. Wow. Yeah. FYE, whenever FYE still existed. Yeah, we're flexing a little bit. <laughs> no, no, I look, because we've never been on a label. We've always been completely indie, and then we go through the distributors. But every time I go to a used like record store, I will check the comedy section, because we'd never get there new. But maybe someone, we got lucky enough that someone sold one of our albums to the record store. So, and I keep checking, like someday we'll show up in a store because <laughs> someone didn't want that album anymore. And then I'll be happy. Dude, when you made it to the used rack, you made it. You made it. Yeah. <laughs> Understanding that someone would rather have 25 cents than your album. It's. <laughs> oh. We should just go to Best Buy and leave albums there. I've thought about yes. it. Believe me. Someone was saying recently 
I think vinyl outsold CDs last year for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Right. As of last year in the U.S., according to the RIAA, vinyl overtook CDs for the first time in what, like decades. So Fuck. globally, physical still makes up about 25 percent of the revenue in the music industry. But in the yeah. U.S., uh, it's a lot more skewed. It's a lot more streaming making up the revenue yeah. compared to the physical. But now vinyl is larger than CDs, but tapes are still a tiny little sliver, which is why it's so confusing that the kids are like, yeah, we got to have shitty sounding tapes. Which they can't play or they can? No. The art isn't even big. Like, at least vinyl, I understand, because you get, like, really cool, like, large artwork, but tapes are, like, yeah. that big. All right, kiddos, where are you finding your cassette players? Like, that's what I want to know. Where are you buying Well, those? are you even? What I assume that a lot of people do, because I know they do this with NSP CDs, is they'll buy the CD but stream it. So the CD right. is just a way yeah. of having the thing and supporting the band, right. but that thing never gets played. I could listen to this if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Technically, it's there. Have you guys tried to make vinyl, like, recently? Kind of. We, it was a few years ago. We did put out our first album on vinyl. We had a very limited pressing of it. It was a gigantic pain in the ass, and I never want to do it again, if I'm being honest. It's so hard right now because one of the major plants burned down, right? What? Really? Yeah, so there's, like some small number of big vinyl plants and two things happened in the last couple of years is one of those plants, I think in mid 2020 burned down. It caught COVID of course. Is that what COVID does? Burns down. Yeah. Okay, that's what gotcha. it, it burns down record plants. That's right. Okay. Gotcha. And this was pre-vaccine, which is why it caught on fire. So that burned down. And then Adele decided to put out her album on vinyl and I heard about that part. Pushed everybody aside to print however many hundreds of thousands of vinyl. And then there was this huge backlog. So we were looking into doing some vinyl, like very recently, and one plant quoted us a year. Yeah, that was a number I heard too, like a year wait. Yeah. Wow. It's just nuts. Like this seems, it's another startup uh, company idea. Like why is it so fucking hard to, I, like I get it, it takes time to print it, but every musician I know who wants to do vinyl is struggling with this right Yeah, now. I'm not one of those vinyl purists, so I don't really get it. It's warmer, man. It sounds warmer. My dad, <laughs> my dad was was talking. like, you know, I don't understand why vinyl's coming back. It sounds it's like warmer. shit. It's all like warped and like. <laughs> the cool part is, like you guys said, like the art can actually be big. Yeah, I think that's right? the main benefit. I think it's the novelty. But you know what we could do? Instead of printing vinyl, we could just get like the dimensions of what a vinyl record. You're describing a poster. Yeah. Yeah, we could just sell posters. <laughs> a square poster. A square yeah. poster. Yes, a there small you go. square you poster. You get the vinyl yeah. experience without having to hear the... <laughs> I do get it, though. It's like, I mean, like I've listened to... Actually, recently was listening to uh, some vinyl, and it's just fascinating that this little needle is listening to this spinning object and is creating the music in real time. Oh, it's insane. Like, I just want to watch it. And that you can do, like, quadraphonic sound on vinyl how the fuck does that i mean it's one needle like or whatever what does that mean it's four speakers instead of two it's basically um, two stereo speakers or yeah. four speakers and it's stereo in front of you and stereo behind you it's basically it. surround sound before surround sound it's not even surround sound no no it's left and right channel just two of them behind you and two of them. it's extra stereo ish basically my understanding of it i was recording something recently and was told that now people are being pushed to record in, what is it, Atmos? Is that what it is? Yes. With the 11 speaker system? Yes. 11? 11th I think it's 11. sound. <laughs> no, that's a thing, like positional audio now. I think the new AirPods 
have that where right, the way right. you turn your head that changes like how you perceive the music yeah, or something? Yeah, I noticed this. I was listening to my AirPods the other day and I turned my head and the sound changed. I was like, what the fuck is happening? It was really disorienting. So we're talking about 11 speakers. It reminds me to think of 11 dimensions. It reminds me that I've heard that you are a particle physicist. Is this true? Yeah. So how many dimensions are there? And is it all wiggles? I wanted a very just not forced segue at all. Believe me, this show lives and dies by extremely forced segues. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No segue too forced. That's our motto. <laughs> Yeah, so I was a physics professor until I quit to put on the ninja costume. Yeah, as you do. So how many dimensions are there? We know there are four, for a fact, three space and one time. So string theory says that to be a consistent string theory, you need to have 10 dimensions, nine space and one time. But there's another theory, which is, is something you call M theory. Yeah, M theory. Uh, which can mean different things depending on who you're talking to. But the one version of M-theory is an 11-dimensional theory with no strings. It's not a string theory. It doesn't have strings. But it does have 10 spatial dimensions and one time dimension. Okay. So how many dimensions are there? We don't know. But the only ones we have evidence for right now are four. Another way of asking the question might be, like, how many big dimensions are there? So with string theory with 10 dimensions, one answer, why don't we see the other six, is they're just real small. We're just not trying hard enough, man. <laughs> yeah. There was actually, this is one of my favorite things, nothing ever came with this experiment, but there was a group in Seattle. So with Newton's law of gravity, it's a inverse uh, square law. So if you double the distance between something, gravity gets four times weaker. But... If you go to higher dimensions, like if we were living in, instead of three spatial dimensions, four spatial dimensions, it wouldn't be an inverse square law, it'd be an inverse cube law. Because basically the gravitational interaction spreads out more, kind of has more places oh, to go. That's fucking trippy, dude. Isn't that awesome? So the way to do it is you take the number of spatial, uh, of let's say space-time dimensions and subtract two, and that's the power of the inverse gravitational law. So in our four-dimensional universe, gravity is one over R squared, four minus two. In a five-dimensional universe, it'd be one over R cubed, five minus three. So if you want to check that there's other small dimensions out there, one way to check for it is get shit real close together and see if the gravitational interaction starts getting weaker. Like if it suddenly becomes, you know, cubic, one over R cubed, one over R to the fourth, and then based on how it works, you'll be able to say the number, oh, when we get things real close together, they can see the extra dimensions, and then the gravitational law changes. Hot dog, what do you think? That was really interesting, but I got a question for Leighton. Uh, what happens when we die? <laughs> God damn. That's good. You, you've asked somebody who's, who's an expert on this topic. How many times have you died just to see how much of an expert you are? I mean, every time we do this show... Yeah. Well, I mean, le legally, I'm not allowed to answer that question, but I will say one day it will all be dust and we will return from whence we came, the blackness, the void. You too, hot dog. Someone's been watching a little Midnight Mass, I think. Yeah. Huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, I like Midnight Mass. I've been trying to get Alex to watch it for a while. It's fucking great. See, I thought. I know it's a show. That's all I know about it. I thought it was really good. Oh, you did too? I guess yeah, I'll watch really it now. <laughs> oh, now you'll watch it because the internet people told you to. Well, he needed a theoretical physicist to tell him to watch it first, not some fucking hot dog yeah. or whatever. Oh, we're going to have 100% beef. You keep talking to like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said it.
He's a funny hot dog. Yeah, I can tell. He's a, he's a real pro. <laughs> the guy suck, man. <laughs> now he's gone. I do have an actual theoretical physics question for you. Yeah, sure. I've read Brian Greene's first two books. One was The Elegant Universe, and that was all about string theory and like the history of him working in that field. And he yep. kept talking about the geometry of the 10 or 11 dimension. I think it was the 10 dimension. Yeah, he would have been 10 dimensions, yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you pronounce that word? It's calabri or, or something like that. Kalabi yao. Kalabi gao? Yao. Kalabi yao. Kalabi yao. How do you spell that? It's C-A-L-A-B-I dash Y-A-U. And that is a three complex, six real dimensional shape right. that the six extra dimensions have to be in order to be a consistent uh, string theory. I read that book and I barely understood what I was reading, but I managed to finish it and I never figured out how to pronounce that word. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, so it's, it's two mathematicians, uh, Kalabi, who I think was Italian, and Yao, who is Chinese. And I don't know if Kalabi's still alive. Yao definitely is. And he's this total like, you know, geometry badass who's at Harvard. There was a conjecture that I won't get into the details of, but basically Kalabi Yao's are like interesting shapes that are in some sense flat. Like the easiest example is a is a torus, like a donut shape. It turns out geometrically that is a flat shape. You can think of a, a kind of as a, a plane in some sense. And then if you get things more complicated that have more structure, the like most interesting version of that, which can have, still have some wild shit going on, is uh, is called a Kalabi Yao manifold. Manifold is just a math term for like a geometrical space, essentially. Huh? Is it all a big hologram? In your opinion. Uh, honestly. Or a simulation. Are we in a simulation right now? What do you think? I don't think, no. String theory says nothing. Hologram and simulation are different, actually. But simulation, no. I'm going to say no. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm, I'm betting not. <laughs> hologram. Okay, so what a hologram really is, is it's a two-dimensional picture that gives you all the information of a three-dimensional object, right? So in physics and sometimes math, we use hologram or holography as a term for a lower-dimensional space that has information about higher dimensions. And yeah. there is a very real thing where you can get information about a four-dimensional world like ours from a basically embedded information about a higher dimensional thing. And so this kind of process is known as holography. And I worked a lot on this in my research about studying higher dimensional spaces from lower dimensional theories, essentially. How often do you hide these little concepts in the uh, songs that you guys write? Never, because Never. as you can tell from the last <laughs> 10 minutes of discussion, they're not funny. <laughs> you know what? Actually, sorry, that's not true. On the last album, a last original album, finally, we wrote a math song. It was like a slow jam about math. Yeah. And then I could actually use real math concepts. So I put some advanced math in that, but otherwise, like when the opportunity was right, we would write a song about it and it took whatever, 12 years for it to actually be funny and feel like the right move. You guys get it. Like the last thing you want to do is shoehorn stuff in just to do it if it's not funny, right? If it's more painful than it is funny, it's probably not worth the effort. But I, I, I'm willing to bet yeah. that the song that you wrote that's very math centric was not your biggest hit. That in fact, we never even made a video for it. <laughs> That's one of our wow. songs. Which partly that was a COVID thing because we would have shot that 
right around the beginning of COVID and then everything, you know, didn't happen. But yeah, it was clear that the math slow jam was not going to be our top seller. The other song that we were working on was a song about Danny's balls, which did a lot better. That's a winner. Yeah. That, right you what know, you know. That's a winner. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's right. Psycho Stick, tell us about your new record that's coming out. Oh, wow. Very professional, Layton. Good question. It's a collection of B-sides and rarities. Uh, a lot of stuff we just didn't put out because either wasn't finished or we were like, eh. But then we went in and we we're like, oh, yeah. eh, we can clean that up a bit and add some stuff and polish it up. And it turned out way better than I, I expected it to. This is the second time we've done this, by the way. We literally filled up the CD as full as it would possibly like go. We actually had to cut <laughs> some stuff. Whenever we first started doing this, we don't have enough music. We don't have enough like little miscellaneous B tracks and unfinished songs and like covers and stuff to fill up an album. Do we? And like, oh yeah, we do. We like we're arguing whether to make it two. Yeah, <laughs> and we had to whittle it down That's to awesome. just one. Um, yeah, and the last track on it actually it's a reimagining of another song that we put on the last CD that filled up to the end of. It's called "We Ran Out of CD Space." So Rob <laughs> we recorded that on piano this time, except we had to call it "We Ran Out of CD Space." Again, because we actually did run out of CD space. Again, 80 minutes, by the way. I had to cut it down. It was at right on like 82. I had to like go and chop out like an extra couple of minutes so it all fit on there. Because when someone wants to listen to Psycho Stick, they want 80 minutes. Yeah, Because right. <laughs> what makes something funnier than really dragging it yeah. out for as long as possible, right? That's why all these stand-up albums are three hours long. Yeah. <laughs> Just to like to make it feel like it ends sooner, didn't we like make the last like 30 minutes like bonus tracks? Yeah. <laughs> so like I have it, yeah. <laughs> So we split it up because I'm like, I want it to be like a full album experience that's not 80 minutes long. So we kind of cut it off and then all the rest is bonus, which is like another, it's almost as long as a regular <laughs> album. With Starbomb, which is my other band, which is like a video game rap thing. We just put out a box set for the first time and it's Ooh. three albums. And the tagline I wanted to put on it that got vetoed by everybody else in the band was almost 40 minutes of music because these comedy <laughs> albums are so short. Like, so your box set it, is it, half the length of this one album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like with comedy, you kind of got to get in and get out. It's like 10 tracks, but it's like 22 minutes or whatever. The, oh, um, so one so of them. with us, we just get in there. We just don't leave. We just dwell. <laughs> we, we build a house. We stay there. We form a residence. We just punish. And, we, yeah. and then everybody's so sick of us. It's great. There's like phase one where it's like, we need some more music. We need more music for an album. Then there's phase two. It's like, Wow. We have way too much music for this album. So we end up cutting like several songs from it. And then phase yeah. three is this album's like, ain't all that shit we cut from all that other bullshit we didn't put on. It's going on this one. Kind of like the trash can punch of albums, you know? <laughs> do you guys have stuff from the very beginning on this album, like from 20 years ago? Yeah, we do. It spans the whole career. Oh, that rules. We have one song. I think it's a second to last song that was recorded in 2002 and never made it on the original album because it wasn't really a funny song. It was sort of like iffy, it's just a little more serious before we really figured out what we were doing. Yeah. So we never did anything with it. And here we are, you know, two yeah, decades that's, later. That's the oldest one on there. Yeah, that's like, wow, that song can drink too. <laughs> and I assume you guys were recording digitally from the outset. Is that right? Yes, always digitally. Yeah, cool. Yeah. The first albums we did, we like went to a studio, did the drums there, and we did the rest, like the guitars, bass, and vocals, like in Rob's apartment, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two by fours and blankets. Right. But my point was this this stuff was like sitting on hard drives, not on fucking right. like right. reel to reels or right. something. Exactly. 
that rules. We've thought about doing that, but sifting through the files alone at this point feels like it would <laughs> take weeks, you know, it going back all these weeks. years. Like I would, dude, well, I was thinking about that. I was like, past me must hate current me because past me was so bad at file management that it's like a big fuck you to present Brian. Dude. It's like, find this, bro. Good luck. Past me is such an asshole. Yeah, I know, right? You're right. He is an asshole because my past me is an yeah. asshole too. I'm like, what yep. the fuck, dude? How do we get revenge on your past self? It's even better when <laughs> with like some shit saved on burned CDR. Oh my God, yeah. That was before like big ass, you know, storage USB drives like existed. So yes. you had to put it on something. Yep. Yeah. Put it on cassette tape. <laughs> so our producer for this podcast and the assistant engineer for a lot of NSP stuff now, Jarek, he like went to school for music and audio. And he was like, yeah, like a big part of it was just learning file management and how to manage your shit. That's cool. And I wish, I fucking wish that, you know, whatever, 20 years ago, someone had been like, look, dude. Everything you care about is going to be electronic, essentially. Everything you make is going to live in a file somewhere. And if you don't know how to find it, once you've forgotten all the context, your life is going to suck. <laughs> yes. You just described the past, like, three months of my life. In high school, when you got to take calculus and trig and all these other classes, but they don't send you a class on how to, like, I don't know, how to file your taxes or... You right. know, how to start a business or whatever. And then you're out in the world and you're just lost. Like basics. That sounds like something very basic that you should know as an audio engineer is how to organize your files. Same thing with that other part. Like, oh, no problem here. Just go and find some old songs. Just remix them. Dur, 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 and like so many old folders. It's the labyrinth that is oh the God. digital archives of Cyberstick. there are two things that are particularly awful, which are A, the word final which is completely meaningless. It's bullshit. And final underscore final underscore final. Yes, final underscore real final underscore final. Yeah. That's actually a joke on our uh, last, last album, album Do. There's a track called, what was it? Like, uh, mixed down Got No Breaks underscore final underscore capital final, final. dot wave. <laughs> I could not agree more. The word final is a lie. Well, the other thing that I was going to say is complete bullshit are the acronyms that you understand at the time where you're like, it's VRQ. And you're like, of course I know, you know, very real quick. Yeah, sure. Great. And then five years, even, sorry, two months later, <laughs> you're like, VRQ final? What? What was this? I'm like, what was I thinking with this? I'm not organizing it by album and the dates. Once you start copying files over enough, the dates get completely fucked up. Oh, yeah. So you're like, is this from last month or 20 years ago? I don't know. It's just some final somewhere. That also makes me think of every time someone texts me and I don't know what anyone's talking about because no one uses actual words. There's like, dur, 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 like acronyms. And I'm like, can you, you know, stop trying to save time <laughs> and tell me what you're actually trying to say because you're wasting my time and yours. Just stop it. Yeah. They're just saying they need CPR, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like, if you need CPR, just write it out, bro. How old are you guys, if you don't mind saying? You don't have to answer. I'm 37. Want. 42. 41. I'm an ageless being. No, of course, hot dogs are good forever. I'm 46. And, Layton, do you want to do a big age reveal here? She's like, no. I told you, I've died many times. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Okay, so you went to art school, Layton. I mean, briefly. Uh, did they 
<laughs> Wait, it's a it's a true fact. It's not a dig, no. It's right? true. It's just funny when you say it. Yeah. <laughs> you went to art school <laughs> briefly. Did What's they ever question? teach you like file management or anything? Was that even vaguely oh, on no. the table? No, <laughs> no. Right. Why would they do that? What about marker management? Yeah. Marker management. That's a different story. But I think a little bit more airs on the side of my ideas. The scam is they're like, all right, go buy the expensive markers. All right, I'm going to give you assignments where you're going to burn through these really quick. Uh oh, guess you have to go to the school store and purchase more of the expensive markers because I made you burn through them. Right. So art school's a racket. Did you have to buy expensive paper too? Expensive everything. Yeah, right. Paint, paint, good paint. That shit crushes your soul to just squeeze like $15 worth of paint onto a page. Right. I've dabbled in that a little bit and I feel that. Yes. Like a tube of paint, one nice tube of like one color paint could be like 40 bucks. Just one tube. Yeah. If it's it's nice acrylic or oil. Well, that's the way that like sound engineers feel whenever like the singer is slobbering all over the microphone you just (laughs) got. Yeah. I mean, like art stores and Guitar Center kind of have that same vibe where you're like, what the fuck is half this stuff? And why is it so expensive? And why is someone just hovering over it, like squeezing it? But also, at least in (laughs) art stores, like dudes aren't like showboating. Like there's nothing for them to showboat with, whereas a Guitar Center is just like a playground for douchebags. I love the idea of like some, you know, middle aged guy in an art store showboating. Like on a canvas or something like that. No, you do it on the marker testers. (laughs) What's the visual equivalent of Stairway to Heaven? I was going to say, she's drawing a Stairway to Heaven. That's literally what I was about to say. Just draw the stairway with a bunch of stars and stuff. Yeah. What do you draw to flex? Like fruits and shit? If you drew the cover of Houses of the Holy, that'd be a pretty good flex, right? There's some, some of those old like album covers that'd be good flexes. What's the ultimate art flex? Ultimate art flex... I don't know, actually making money doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, It would have to be like the dicks of Dick Blick because Dick Blick is a big art store chain. So Dick Blick? Dick Blick. That's an actual thing? In Blick Art Supplies is Dick Blick? Yeah. It sounds like Dick Lick. Like, what are you talking about? It definitely I, sounds like Dick am I Blick. That, that is suddenly confirmed. making this up. I always thought it was just Blick. Yeah, it's Dick Blick. Okay. I thought I was having like a moment. No, it is. It's dickblick.com. And I guess they just dropped the dick. Wait, there's a, there's a, <laughs> hold on. Got to drop them dicks. Dickflick.com is showing me something totally different. I don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. I'm going to dicklick.com. No, don't. Oh, don't do that. No, 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 no. I got, come on. Or do, whatever, whatever. Maybe Dickblick has purchased all of the misspellings like you guys did, so. Sorry, it redirects to sexchat.com. Oh, you're right. Free webcam shows. Yeah. 120 free credits. But of all the art supplies you've used, like, what's the one thing that's worth the expensive price in your opinion oh, that's a from good your question, experience. Yeah. Mm, buying an iPad <laughs> and Procreate, that's about it. That's in terms of like getting your money's worth, that's it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't do much traditional art anymore, so I'm not sure I can say. Another cop-out answer is just like legal pads. They're still good. Legal pads and a really shitty pen. Oh, sure. Classic design. I gotta take the chance to ask you about like... Uh, Game design. Yeah. I've heard about your game, but I'd like to hear it in your words. We're dabbling in it, and we're trying to absorb as much knowledge and and wisdom 
from your experience? What engine was it made in? It was in Unity. Unity is a good place to start if that's something that you're looking into. It was a game that we made and people continue to play that game. And I hope that you guys are able to break into it because there's so many resources and tools now that just like were not available like even 10 years ago that you really can just teach yourself to do just about anything or if you can't find people who do know how to do it really easily. Yeah. There's like communities and Discord channels. Like I'm sure there's a Unity Discord Reddit, YouTube channels, like, you know, with Unity and also like Blender, which is a 3D modeling software, like that's free. And so the documentation for it is like really, really extensive. The tools are right at your fingertips. It's not like I have to go spend hundreds of dollars on paint to do a painting. It's just like, all right, it's here. Let me get a install going. I think a hot dog would be a good DLC character. In my opinion, <laughs> agreed. Hot dogs uh, are just. I mean, that's the. Uh, hold on, Every, everyone, shut up so Layton can say her opinion <laughs> on hot dogs. Yes, Layton, what's your opinion I think on that hot dogs? Every single media franchise would benefit from an additional hot dog. Yes, even Sausage Party. Preach. No. Okay. They're exempt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie! That was a poor representation of hot dogs. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. The, the hot dog defamation committee was not pleased. I heard the hot dog community was really up in arms about that one. It's a struggle. It's a fight we face every day. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being a positive representation of hot dogs in this space. It's the least I can do, and I'm very good at it, so I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Now, of course, we're going to find out he's actually played by a hamburger, and it's going to be a scandal. Oh, Who told you that? He just outed you. <laughs> okay. Just to go back to a thing we were talking about a while ago, have you guys ever actually found a good mic stand? And I don't want to talk about mic stands too much, but can you recommend any mic stand? Because I cannot. Sort of. I know Rob will... So he has been struggling with mic stands as the lead singer, Rob has, for our entire collective career. And finally, he just came to me and asked, like, how can I get one made out of the stuff that you have for your drum stands? Because all my cymbal stands and whatnot, I get uh, this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. So what we did was oh, shit. we got a DW super badass, really heavy drum cymbal stand, and he just stuck one of these things in the top of it. What a great idea. And now it doesn't fall over anymore when some oh lunatic God. is crowd yes. surfing and falls on the stage. So in answer, no, wow. there are no good mic stands. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Someone should make that. That's a brilliant fucking idea. I would totally buy a DW mic stand. Yeah. Just saying. Well, and same thing with fucking keyboard stands, which are the lowest of the low. Like, I've never used a good keyboard stand, I, I think, ever. Oh, there it is. Okay, so let's let's see it. Here, I got, I'll get closer. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Is that a, a plastic jewel case there? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. On the back, it says, installs barely any spyware slash ransomware. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? <laughs> That's tight. This is the first time we've seen these... In our physical presence. So this is exciting. Oh, really? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, wow. It never gets old, right? Like seeing it actually in your hands is always the best, no matter how many albums you have. I usually describe it as like when a band releases a new album, it's the equivalent of a person when they have a child, kind of. No, this thing's not going to cry. This thing's not going to (laughs) keep us up all night and ruin our lives. Just saying. <laughs> no, no, no. The goal is to have people listen to it so it ruins their lives. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's yeah. really the goal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I have to just spoil one of the um, items in our tube right now, as far as ruining lives go. It's a pen, yes, a psycho stick pen, and it's blue, but it writes in red ink, and there's no indication of that being the case. That's right. Oh, Gotta yes, irritate please. everybody. <laughs> yes. Delightful. I want to talk to you guys about this, because this is something that I think about very deeply, or maybe not deeply, but often. Annoying fans. It's the best, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I get up in the morning. Annoying fans or annoying fans? Annoying people who like are irritating fans. Irritating your fans? Yes, irritating one's Damn. own fans. The nice way to say it is subverting expectation. That Yes, exactly. Thank you. I view every day as a small challenge to lose followers. <laughs> That's amazing. The commercials on streaming are very good for that on Twitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I figured out a great way to irritate our fans, and that yeah. is not give Talk. a fuck about social media. So mm -hmm. I have been neglecting to add my friends, like people who want to be friends on, I guess it was Discord or something like that, that I have strictly for band meetings when we do video band meetings. And I have mm -hmm. actual friends in real life who are mad at me <laughs> because I haven't added them. They've been pending for years, literally years. <laughs> I have a few of those too. Yeah, they've been just sitting yeah. there and they're so annoyed at me. I'm like, a few of those too. hey, you know, I, I don't want to use real names, but I have actual friends that I, I can envision in my brain right now. Tony. I know them, Tony. and I know that I hang out Tony. with them in person, and they're mad at me for that. I'm like, but you know me in real life. Why does that matter? But they get very irritated yeah. about that. So use that one. That that one's great. No, I, I, yeah, believe me, I, I do. Not intentionally, but yes, I have the same thing. It's like pending request. Facebook was the worst for this, where it's like pending friend requests from people I know and like. But it's like, yeah, I, don't know. I have a question. It's not today. Yeah, can you share with us some of your anti fan techniques, like how to? <laughs> <laughs> scare them off oh. or get them to not like you because I'm very curious. Yeah, so number one is uh, very specific references without explanation. <laughs> okay. And okay. specifically to stuff Ooh. from the 80s. Like, Ooh. you know, I, I'm in my mid to late 40s. Most of our fans are in their 20s or, or younger. When you start dropping Last Starfighter references, yes. they're going to probably go over the heads of a lot of people, judging by retweets and likes on those. Like, yes, people have no idea what a Zandozan is. So a lot of specific references, anything that's really decade specific. And then the fun version of that is occasionally I'll put something out there, which is like a reference to something from like the 20s or whatever, you know, the, the 1920s. And then their response is like, I'm not old. And I'm like, did you think I was alive for this? I, I'm 46. I'm not 100. You know. From now on, records are getting released on gramophone only. Gramophone. Yeah. Oh, put dude. It the, put it on the wax cylinder. I've wanted to do a wax cylinder, and I'm not kidding. I thought it'd be so great to have a song about dicks on a wax cylinder. What a move. That would be great for a future tube. Just open tube, <gasps> wax oh. cylinder. Yes. It's already a tube. I actually don't know how big wax cylinders actually like are. Kind of like a tall boy uh, can size thing. A lot of them, maybe a little skinnier. You could do it. I think we should get wax cylinders and then they try to play it and there's nothing on there. Oh, no, we just have nothing oh, but yeah. like, you know, obscure 80s references on the wax cylinder. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, you got to make it expensive too. Expensive and pointless. That's a good way to alienate fans. Yes. Oh, I have a very good example. So track two is the first song <laughs> yes. on this actual album. It's a song called uh -huh. This Song is Worth $50. And that's uh -huh. a song where we 
I don't remember what the occasion was. It was April Fool's Day. Was it April Fool's Day? Yeah, we were working on a new album at that time. On April Fool's Day, it's hey, I want to hear a new track from the album. And it's just like, it's literally me banging on in a keyboard. And then I do a guitar solo, and I don't... He doesn't play guitar, by the way. I play a little guitar, like power chords. It's objectively awful. Yes, it's impressively it's awful. Completely I love it. obnoxious. It's one of my favorite things you've ever done. <laughs> we put it up for sale for fifty dollars just to mm-hmm. annoy everyone. And didn't like three people actually buy that song for fifty dollars? <laughs> yeah, they did. Digitally. Digitally. Wow. And here's the funny thing. So what we're doing now, what we're gonna do on our bandcamp page, if you go there, you could buy the entire album for like twelve bucks or I can't remember the exact price. But that mm-hmm. song, if you want it by itself, fifty bucks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's great. I love it. This album, two tracks in, is already worth $50. Hell yeah. What a steal. Yeah. The value is only going to go up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first thing we released after a crowdfunding, too. So we raised all this money. All and we're right, like, right, right. Here's where all the money went, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then the people bought it from the store. We immediately refunded it because we felt bad. And then most of them bought it again. They're like, no, you get our money. That's the kind of fans you want, right? Oh, yeah. Dedicated fans yes. who are into it. Maybe you guys have noticed this too, at least with our fans, like a lot of them started out when they were young and we've been doing it so long that they like aged up to, into disposable income. Yes. And we can keep supporting the band is because people who were fans of us when they were whatever, 15 now are in their mid to late twenties. Yeah. Just you wait when you're playing a show and a guy comes up to you and he's like grizzled and gray. He's like, I listen to you in elementary. That's when you know you made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did someone say? Like, I've been listening to you since I was eight and I just graduated from college. And I was like, oh my God, you listened to us when we were eight? Like, or you were eight? Wait, does that add up? (laughs) You do the math and then it checks out? Yeah. Oh no, it's... I like when they say, I was listening to you guys in the early 90s. I was like, no, you weren't. What? We weren't around in the (laughs) early 90s. We do get that sometimes. (laughs) I was in seventh grade. What are you talking about? I think the the real turning point is going to be if we go this long, when someone comes to a show with their kid. When that happens, it's like, Holy shit. It could happen technically, as long as you guys have been together. We experienced that. Yeah. Yeah, that's happened. Well, we got in a couple of those like when uh, a husband and wife come to the show with their kid, and they're like, Yeah, she got pregnant with him when we were listening to your music. It's like, Hell oh, yeah. Great. I'm flattered and creeped out. Kind of. Oh. <laughs> flattered and creeped out is where I live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The like, we got together because of your band or we met at a concert, or we bonded over your music or stuff like that. That rules. Like, it's oh, so love great to, to hear it. Yeah. It's so nice when your music brings people together. <laughs> well, especially when it's like, you know, at least when we started out, you know, we were, we were doing comedy clubs in New York, and it's still stupid, but it was even stupider back then. <laughs> it's like this project that started with, like, you know, how many dick jokes can we work into... 30 seconds or whatever. And then someone's like, I found love because of your music. You're like, wow, this is not where I expected this project to end up. It's amazing. (laughs) Their bar is way down there. Yeah. You know, all throughout the pandemic, we've been doing like Twitch streaming and stuff. And we like raised a lot of money for charity. What's the final total? 77,000. Oh my God. 800 something, something dollars. Yeah. We start playing like shows and live again and people are, like, thank you so much for doing that. That helped me get through. And it's like, I mean, I am still in that band that does songs about tacos and belch on stage, right? <laughs> and like, and people are yeah. having like these very meaningful, it's like, I didn't expect to like affect people yeah. so strongly doing something so just totally, stupid, you know, like, but here we are. <laughs> I think people really just needed levity in that point in time. Yes. 
everything's so depressing and dark all the time. Just like a little bit of like, yeah, shit sucks, but it doesn't have to all suck. Like everything doesn't have to be serious all the time and just be terrible. So yeah, you should tell them about the stream. Oh yeah, tell us about the stream. Oh, Rob doesn't know about the. You don't know about no, the stream. Rob that knows we do? about the stream. I'm <laughs> saying the people listening to the podcast don't know about the stream. Oh, them. Oh, we have a stream on Twitch. Um, we. We're, we, oh, You're so good at this, Rob. <laughs> yes. Like falling over I mean, here. Natural front man energy. Yeah. <laughs> the stream that we do, we perform our songs typically on Thursdays, but we, we do them in seasons because we find that if we try to stream too much, we hate life. So we mm-hmm. try to mm-hmm. find some balance. You know, we have other things we want to take care of, other projects we want to finish. You're streaming Thursday, right? Yeah. Uh, this Thursday, yes. And Friday. And Friday. But this is going to be airing in a couple of weeks. So, so it's a special Tuesday. Disregard stream. that, I guess. Coming up in, I think, May. I think in May we're going to start streaming on Thursdays again. But you guys were one of the first full bands doing it on Twitch. I mean, it sure seemed like it. I mean, we didn't scour Twitch for that, but we were probably amongst the first, at least. Yeah. We had been Twitch streaming before 2020, so we were set right. up for it. And like awesome. everybody like is trying to get the streaming and scrambling to get the gear to do it. We have it's like, hey, y'all want to like do that stream thing? People seem to want it, and so we did, and yeah. it was great. And I'll tell you this though, like setting it up in Pro Tools is a pain in the ass. The setup oh, yeah. was probably yeah. Once you get it dialed in, it's just like ah. Ooh, so on that note, we've had a couple uh, guest bands that come in and they perform before we do our stream, but on our platform. They use all our equipment, basically. And one of the hardline rules when we've had our friends in these other bands, when they come in, it's like, you can play our gear. We are not moving those drums. You're not using your own <laughs> drum set. You're playing mine. No. Yes. Or you're Absolutely. not playing at all. Like, he's not going to fucking sit there trying to mic up a new... Oh, my God. I am not going to dial in your drum shit. I did it once. I'm not doing it again. Yeah, adjust the kit a little bit as you need it, but... Nope, don't touch anything. Oh, my goodness. No, it's crazy. It's just we dipped our toe in in performing on Twitch before the pandemic hit. It replaced shows for a good year and a half or however long that was. Kept us afloat. Yeah, Yeah. kept us afloat and then some, and then we were able to do charity stuff. Which charities did you guys guys raise money for? Oh, my God. (laughs) So I was the one primarily wading through them and trying to find high-rated charities. You can just say the other people in the band don't give a shit. That's a perfectly acceptable answer. (laughs) Well, I I think they give a shit as long as I'm like, all right, this one's cool. They're like, all right, whatever. (laughs) Rob suggested doing mental health at one point, so we did uh, Mm -hmm. NAMI as one of them. But... um, Proportion-wise, I think about 50 or 60% of the charities that we did, because it was different each week, were related to medical aid and, like, health issues because it was, you know, pandemic and all. But we've done a lot of stuff for uh, civil rights. We've done a lot of stuff for mental health. There were some for natural disasters when California was on fire. Yes. Did we do some for space? Yeah, we did one for the Planetary Society. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Love them. They're awesome. There was one for Diderio, a music company. They make strings and sticks and everything, and we're mm-hmm. endorsed by that company, but they also have a charity also within that realm, and so we did one of them for music programs and stuff too. So mm-hmm. it was pretty diverse, but yeah, over half was for medical stuff, but then a lot of other issues as well. It's through your you know preparation and foresight that you're able to do it, because like, well, how lucky are you that you had that shit done it's not luck you know you saw twitch happening and wanted to get on it but like that's something that we have never really been able to do we did one pre-taped show last year but i mean for us like 
we don't do much two-person stuff anymore. Now we work with a backing band, TWRP, and they all live in Canada. So it's like essentially oh, okay. impossible. And they were here in LA, moved back in the middle of the pandemic because why wouldn't you move back to Canada? And yeah. like, well, anytime <laughs> we want to do something, it's just we're literally not in the same space anymore. It's really hard. I would say that the hardest part about streaming as a band is getting everybody on the same page at the same time. And that's not to shit on, on my guys or anything. Maybe no, a little no, it's, bit. You just have a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. Because we all have lives. We have schedules. We have yep. everything going oh, on. Yeah. And being, okay, be at this place at this time. And we're going to, for one purpose, and do this multiple times a week. We've had like yeah. practice and stuff. Yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> we have no excuse not to play like all the back catalog. So we had to go back and practice like all the back right. catalog. And it's like, wow, we have like half a dozen albums of shit. Some of them yeah. 80 minutes long. Kind of run into this problem in the past where like we'll write songs for an album, record them, and like never actually learn how to play them because you can oh, record yeah. songs piecemeal. Tell me, but we have like two albums of shit we can't play live. Yes, See, we're not, not just us. No, yes, we recorded our first album. It was based on the shit we were doing live in comedy clubs, and then we started doing you know more like writing for the album and less performing live. Then I moved out of the country for a little bit. Well, Danny stayed here. And when I moved back for the band, it was like, oh, shit, we got to do some live shows. And we went through every song and it was like, can't breathe, can't breathe, no room for vocals, <laughs> too, part too hard to play. Like, you know, it was just like we had literally a full album's worth of songs where two of them were like, yeah, I think we could figure out a way to make that work. It's, it's really hard. What were some of the ones that you could not play live? Oh, shit. Uh, hold on. Let me look at a track. I don't remember any song I've ever written, so let me look. Uh, <laughs> no, of course. Are you like this, like me where like an album's done, you just never want to hear it again? Because you've like, listened to it over and over and over and over and over and over. I feel like I never actually hear an album until like two years after it comes out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this album. Hey, we did yeah. pretty good on this one. It's like you're proud pretty of it. Much. You don't want to look at it for two years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let's see. I'm looking at strawberries and cream. Everybody shut up. I have an erection is one that we can't do. It just wouldn't work. Is that your radio hit? Live. Yeah, that was a, a really, really popular song, obviously, from the title. Everybody, we've run into that where, like, a song that we just, like, threw together studio with no intention of playing it live, like, ever, all of a sudden, like, does really well, and now we got to play it like, fuck! Yeah. Actually... There is kind of a solution for some of those. Uh, we used to not be able to do several, like a lot of them, because they're like half skit, half song, and there's a lot of other yeah, characters. Yeah. and orchestration in one of the yeah. songs we have called From the Heart, for example. But then Rob, he now has, you want to just explain it with the backing tracks? Oh, I have a, I have a iPad app, a sampler, that I basically just hit, and Alex hears a click, and he plays along with. That's exactly what we do. So we, yeah, we yeah. run everything now through Ableton, which is synced with video, too. So we'll put the backing tracks on Ableton. We have a lot of harmony vocals too, which we want in there. And so we'll make sure we have everything ready to go. So in the show, you know, I play keys and my goal in the show on stage is to ruin the show. It's a good goal. Yeah. I want to be able to walk away from the keyboard at any point during a song because I get mad or I just want to tank something or I'm just, you know, reading a book. I'll bring books on stage and read them occasionally. Uh, and so the yes. goal is to like, ju just make sure everybody else on stage is having a bad time. And so I've, we've designed the backing tracks so that I can, I'd say about 75% of any live show, I do not need to be playing. 
so I can just walk around and wreak havoc with the other musicians, like get way too close to them, try to shake their hands when they're soloing, stuff like that. <laughs> so part of me, I came up through like jazz training and part of me is like, you're cheating. Hey, motherfucker, you're doing it wrong. Like you better be playing all of it live. And I just had to realize like, no, we're putting on a comedy show. Like it's a comedy rock show. It doesn't matter if this is like not the right way to do it. It's the funniest way to do it. And you know, everything else comes second to that. And everyone has their own tolerance for that sort of stuff. But that's where, you know, at least we landed. On some of our albums, you know, we had like two guitar parts and I have to kind of like just whittle it down to one. It just feels so dirty. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no one else notices, but I notice. It's like, this sounds so thin. Yeah. Just empty in it. My, I feel <laughs> empty inside and I feel ashamed. But luckily, that's my burden to bear. Okay, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Whenever we're playing a song that has two parts, the entire chat gets really mad. And they're like, where's that second guitar part? I really? Knew it. <laughs> wow. No, they're not at all. At all. Yeah. They don't give a shit. <laughs> well, they should notice. Well, that means they're not paying enough attention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a conversation in a band meeting years ago discussing this exact question. It's a very short conversation because we're like, should we get another second guitarist? No, no. Then that was the end of the conversation. Like, no, four, four is enough. We, we had a second guitarist for a while, and then like it's like it makes it sound full or live, man. And then we realized, you know what is better than sounding full or live is having more room on stage and having one more oh spot God. open in the van when we tour around. Yeah, and then like one less mouth to feed. Yeah, in all. The years, I've not one person ever said like, oh, it sounds really thin with that, that second guitarist, not once. No, no. That kind of hurts my soul a little bit, <laughs> but I can deal with it. Having extra space, both on stage and while touring in a vehicle is paramount. Like, especially once you're past a certain age, which I definitely am. I'm like, <laughs> I do not I need that. three human beings like crushed up against me in a thing. So we, we do have normally segments on this show because we have a bunch of people. We're going to switch things up compared to how we normally do it. So Layton, why don't you introduce what our segment is here this week? Yes, this week we have one segment, a little similar to a segment that we've done before, but not the same segment. And this is a gratitude exercise. It's a little bit shorter than we would normally do. So we're each going to go around and say a thing, big, small, you know, profound, petty, whatever, just something nice that happened or that you're excited about or whatever else. And normally this would be peaches and lemons, but for today it's called One Peach Each. And the theme song for One Peach Each, which is probably just the theme song for peaches and lemons, if we're going to be real. No, 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 no. I'll write a new one. I'll write a new one. You'll write a new one. I'll write a new one. If, well, we're, if the segment has a different title, I have to write a new theme song. All right. Well, here's the debut of our now, new theme song. I'm not saying song. it's not going to just be the old theme song with me saying one peach each over top of it. It might be that, but it will technically okay. be a new theme song. Okay. Well, this is one peach each. One peach, 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 one peach each. And now it's time for us to each do a peach. Okay. Do you want to kick this off? Yeah, I will. My peach for today is that I was going through some old pictures and I found a bunch of photos of my dog, like the days after I adopted her when she was like 18 weeks old. Her name was oh, wow. Starlet when I adopted her from the uh, shelter. What a terrible dog name. Yeah, it was the worst. But, you know, she's small now, but just seeing pictures of like 
little roly-poly baby maybe was uh, really healing. That was vibes restored for me. But that's my peach. Nice. I'm happy to go also. It's music related, but it is also something I'm excited about. We just locked in tour dates for this year, which is... Nice, nice. Yep, probably announcing pretty soon. But I don't want to say anything about it because we're going to try something different this year. We are completely reworking our, our live show and going to do a, a different type of thing. So I'm excited for the new challenge, but also to fucking finally get back on the road because we have not done a live performance in two and a half years or whatever it is. So it's you may be coming to Chicago. Uh, we will definitely be coming to Chicago. Ooh, oh, sure. we, will, we may be coming to your show. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'll let you guys know. And we'll, we'll make sure you guys get uh, the VIP treatment. Ooh. Yeah. Which is getting real close to me. You're not going to cut that part out, right? Well, well, oh, yeah. You're not going to rescind yeah. that offer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, sorry. I'm not promising anything. Just to be clear, there's some legal stuff I have to say. Nothing is guaranteed. In yeah. gold no, no, right no. There. Availability pending. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Legally That's binding, right. as yeah, they yeah. say. No, but yeah, I'm very excited to finally be performing again. It's going to be fun. Nice. Yeah. I could make that one of my peaches is like the very first show post-vaccine, post-2020, like playing in front of people again was, I'll never forget that show. Oh, man. Everyone was just so happy. Where was that? Uh, it was at the Subterranean. Oh, in Chicago. Yeah, uh, I did a thing there. Yeah, yeah. The vibes, like, it wasn't just a show. People were celebrating just being able to go out and just be with around people again and hear live music again. And our buddies in downtown Brown played with us and they played right before oh, us. He awesome. goes on, he's like, can you believe it, guys? We're actually here. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's joy while it lasts. Is that the club? It's got like two levels, right? And the upstairs is kind of a balcony type thing looking down on the stage. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. All the stairs. Yep. It's like, we hadn't played a show in like two years. I was like, hey, first show, carry all the shit up oh the my many, God. many yeah. stairs. Yep, I remember like, that. Oh, we are weak and soft. <laughs> cool. For my peach, I'd like to really just point out how generous our fans really are. Because... A lot of bands in the history of music, of course, they have fans that support them. And that's something that we've had for a long, long time. That's been wonderful because we've had careers collectively. But the fact that we started uh, splitting up the income, basically, from the, the streams, and we were able to donate that to so many super important things to us and obviously to them, too, uh, just to be able to kind of help the world in our own little way and just make the world a little bit better instead of yeah. just complaining about it, you know? It's just really meaningful, the fact that they care enough, not just about us and just about the music, but help us with the music, which obviously is an enormous you know, benefit to us, but also helping the world in a sense because we're benefiting the world. So I just, I'm really proud of our fan base just for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm on the one hand, like people come and says like, oh, your music like helped us get through this hard time. And, but we're like, their support helped us get through the hard times. Yeah. Like I know a lot of bands, like they couldn't tour and like a lot of bands were just fucked. Yeah, totally you fucked. Know? I mean, we were fortunate enough to have the fans that like kept us afloat through the entire thing. And like, we're actually thriving now. We had to upgrade to this like larger space several months ago, like last fall. Yeah, I'm really grateful for that. Our fans are awesome. They are. I feel this exact same thing. It's like people have just been so supportive and for like, quote unquote, real bands where their fans <laughs> are sort of checked out and it's like, yeah, that band's pretty cool. I feel like your fans, our fans, they show up. And they're there. Yep. And the real band thing, it, it always makes me think like real bands do it this way. Real bands do it that way. Those fans are not as good as the fans we all have. 
not to denigrate anyone else's bullshit fan base, but no, we can we can definitely denigrate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think the fact that what we all do is so niche, which I use as a compliment, that's what people love, and they keep showing up for it. So I really, I really feel you on that one. No one can do it better if no one else is doing it. <laughs> oh, that should be embroidered on a pillow or something. Yeah. There you go. Put that in the tube. We have another saying that we say before every show, which is, let me make sure I get this right. Yes. Zero preparation, zero expectations. <laughs> Love it. We also say that before every late night record. Yeah. Implicitly. Yeah. Yes. Who else has got a peach? Yeah. Rob, what's your peach? Well, I hate all of our fans and they all suck. So I got to gotta pull from a different. Do you want to talk about fonts? I know you really like fonts. Like we'll talk really about good fonts. Yeah, I'm a, just found a new one. JetBrains is a good font. Um, <laughs> what's this other one I, I found the other day? Um, my peach, it's a juicy peach, mm-hmm. is honestly like the team that we have here. We found our way through this, and they already went through a lot of this already, but like through this adversity and this frustration and like potential door closing, world collapsing events, like we rolled up our sleeves and got to work and we worked together. And, you know, it wasn't always easy, but we got through it. And I'm just glad that I don't have any, with the exception of Alex, we don't have any shit bags on our team. Um, <laughs> it's true. Very so true. I'm just happy that I can rely on everybody and nobody's. Has some weird drama or hidden agendas or anything like that. Except for Alex and Maddie, of course. Oh, now it's expanding. Yeah. 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 It's all of us. We're all shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's incredible. Like, and I don't mean to bring up anything negative, but I remember like when the pandemic hit and there were bands out there who was like touring anyway, creating those super spreaders and like, oh my God. And I'm just going to throw them under the bus because I hate them so much. Trapped. I hate that band. <laughs> Their band sucks. Their music sucks. And I'm t- we're talking about peaches, but no, but like no, that was fine. happening and we're over here. We have these amazing fans and trapped is like, oh, we're just going to get all of our fans sick. It was weird. Yeah. I was so grateful that we were not doing that. And we were leading in our own weird way, like a, a good positive outlook on this whole, this like, all right, let's work together. Stay home, stay yeah. safe. We'll bring the entertainment to you through whatever means we can. And we were able to pull it off and we're still doing it. And wow. yeah, now we can play shows again. Can I add yeah. one little thing? Yeah, of course. I'd like to differentiate the idea of being proactive and floating along and complaining about how things are hard. Because a lot of bands, even bands that I love and respect and all this stuff, like I've been going to their shows for years and years, but a lot of the bands I really look up to kind of just went, eh, this sucks. And I'm like, come on, guys, at least try. Do something productive. Yes. But there were a few exceptions. Like Code Orange is one band that did their first stream in March, like maybe a week after the pandemic officially hit, according to the WHO. And they were doing a big stream. They were being productive and trying something new. And that was very close to when we did our first stream too. So it's not all of them, but. Well, it's also like, no one loves this. Like the complaint, like, you know, no one's like, fuck yeah, pandemic, bro, nice. Like everyone's (laughs) bummed out, make a change, right? Yeah. Pessimism is not helpful. That's right. I mean, easier said than done for sure. It's hard to actually do it, but yeah, just complaining and not adding to it is, is not a good look. I remember I was dropping some orders off at the post office and this guy, for some reason said something to me. He was like, this was early in the pandemic. It was like, God damn pandemic. 
He was all grumpy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yeah, nobody's happy about this, man. It's just, yeah. come on, put your mask on, stay at home. Everybody can smell it. We all know it stinks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the number one emotion I feel when looking at the internet is often, I agree, but also shut up. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> can you make a shirt? I'll buy that if you make a t-shirt out of that. Well, folks, you're in luck because the shirt that's available now for pre-order is a very cool shirt that I designed. It looks like a tweet and it says, I agree with you, but also shut up. And it has some fun little inside jokes hidden in there. So if you want to get it, merch.latenight.com, pre-order that shit. All right, back to the episode. That is, I agree, but also <laughs> shut up. Oh, you hit me right in the happy place. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. All right, hot dog, what's your yeah. peach? Well, those are all really poignant ones, but I mean, for me, probably Duke's just recently launched four new mustard flavors, uh, mm-hmm. brown sugar, <laughs> bourbon, horseradish, smoky chipotle, and spicy ground. Uh, it's a great day for new uh, mustard flavors, and you know, Duke's is a great company. I love their mayonnaise, although uh, controversial for a hot dog to say, I will say that, but uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited about these new flavors moving into uh, quarter two. So what about spicy ketchup? You just don't like ketchup anymore? Where are we in the suburb of? Chicago? What do you know about ketchup and that place? I know it's controversial, but I don't remember if Chicago people like mustard or ketchup because it's not acceptable to do the other one. I just don't know which is I which. I don't know. Anyone who cares that much is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I Put mean, pineapple on your hot dog. I don't give a shit. Wow. Okay. Fuck. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I had a hot dog with some pineapple on it the other day here in Los Angeles. The other day? Yeah. LA is weird as hell, man. Yeah. <laughs> Some weird traditions over there. It was pretty great. I'm not going to lie. It was a good dog. Actually, I can see how it, was it might work. Hawaiian style? Is that it what was Hawaiian it? style. That's exactly what it was. And it was awesome. Yep. Spicy mustard. That does sound pretty good. Guys, this was fucking rad. And I'm so psyched to talk to y'all. I love what you do. And I'm so happy you could be here today for this. Well, yeah. Thanks for being here. It was fun. Yeah, of course. It was fun. Thanks, everybody. Great. And thanks for that legally binding invite to your show. <laughs> so where can people who are listening to this episode find y'all's music or your socials or your streams? Where should they go to find that? Well, they should go to any search engine of choice. Ninjasexparty.com, of course. <laughs> yeah, buttsex.info. Yeah, buttsex.info, yeah. <laughs> now you can go to our website, sexistic.com. You can misspell it in Google. It'll fix it for you. Yeah. You can choose any of Rob's misspelling of the band and type it in, and it'll probably be directed and shamed in the process. Of course, there's a Facebook, Twitch, Instagram. Twitch is a big one. YouTube, find us on any of those. Well, Twitch, I just want to touch on that a little bit more because Twitch is kind of a big deal for us with the live shows, mostly Thursdays, but we do do some odd ones here and there. Also, every once in a while, I have my own hot dog show where I'll sing you a song as hot dog. And this it's a true. better show, and you should watch that. But I don't schedule them, and they're random, and then they are deleted immediately after it happens. So Sounds successful. So fun that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you're a salesman. I love it. And also, I shoveled <laughs> my driveway live a couple weeks ago. That was fun. Beautiful. When's the album come out? The album and stuff comes out on April 14th. This will be out before that, for sure. Oh, okay. Well, if you pre-order it at psychostick.com slash and stuff, you not only get the CD, but instant downloadable tracks that are only... Downloadable if you pre-order CD and a signed poster. Well, if it's pitch? the physical yeah. version, I ain't, I ain't mailing posters for free. Oh, the physical version. Yeah, we don't even have your address if you get the digital version. Yeah, cool. Sounded, I mean, polished is how I would describe that. <laughs> yes, the pitch. We worked on that before. Yes, yeah. I'm very talented. 
<laughs> oh yeah, and like and and April first is Tube Day. So if you don't know what Tube is, just go look up Stick the Tube on YouTube, and uh, I'm not going to apologize for what you find. Yeah. Great. All right, <laughs> folks at home, thanks for joining us for yet another episode of Late Night with Brian Wecht. Normally, I would say some sort of catchphrase here, but I'm wondering, hot dog, would you leave oh, a message yeah. for our young fans to close this episode out? A sign off, a few yeah. closing words, if you will. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm a little on the spot, but you know, I hate talking to the audience and everything. Have a great hot dog day. Have a great hot dog night. Have a great hot dog life. Boom. Yeah. Damn. Wow. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> That's all he wrote. See ya. <laughs> Fuck. Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore night, or email us at Leighton at gmail.com.